the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a Wednesday. Unbelievable. We are middle of the week already, and uh, we've got a full show for you today. We'll start off with Alden Abbott in just a moment. We want to talk about, well, you've seen the stories on uh, television. You know how uh, you know Biden gets up on TV and he says that the reason we have inflation, the reason we have high gas prices and all the rest is because well, those evil corporations are just greedy. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, everybody here knows that I'm a, a huge, uh, you know, free enterprise guy. I, I, I'd be a whole, you know, I'd, I'd love it if everything was laissez-faire, to be honest with you. But uh, that won't happen. But the bottom line is, is that you got the left coming out and blaming companies for the policies of the Biden, uh, Biden administration. There's members of Congress in the House and the Senate that are saying the same thing. There's opinion pieces saying the same thing. And it's just ridiculous. Anybody who's done Econ 101 knows what causes inflation, what causes uh, supply and demand problems and things of that nature. And we have all understood that this is Biden's problem. These are his particular programs that he has put into place ever since he came into office. First day he came into to office, he sat he sat, sent out a large, large message to uh, fossil fuel makers, to the oil and gas industry when he shut down the Keystone Pipeline. So let's get uh, Alden Abbott on. We'll get him on right now because I want him to talk about this. Alden, are the American people going to f- fall for this garbage again? Uh, ho- hopefully not. I mean, I think there, uh, I and many uh, people have been writing about this and, and speaking out. This is nothing new. Every time there's been an attempt to uh, create controls on prices or restrictions, which are being talked about right now, they backfired. The Nixon administration imposed wage and price controls because of deficit spending. As you said, the problem is always uh, too much money chasing too few goods and services blame the administration but then what happened is you get shortages why not because people have suddenly become greedy it's not that they weren't greedy a few years ago when prices were stable it's that they are facing higher input costs as you mentioned the oil petroleum is a global market if people know supply is going to go to go down be less drilling uh, on the international markets prices go up input prices like that affect 
farmers. They have to pay, pay more for fertilizer, for, for uh, diesel fuel, regular gasoline for it. Um, shortages develop because of restrictions, regulatory restrictions. And inevitably, prices go up. You have price controls. As you said, Econ 101, it just means there'll be things will set out immediately. There'll be lines, nothing on the shelves. And if, if you want uh, more missing baby formula, fewer loaves of bread on the shelves, uh, and fewer employees because they'd have to cut back on labor costs if they're required to uh, restrict prices, go ahead. It's just, a, just going to create more misery for the American people, uh, and the only uh, supposed beneficiary are the politicians who who, present it, who uh, pretend they're solving a problem they created. I don't know. Did you see the story just a few, uh, I don't know, about a week ago, where it said that the president was actually considering price controls on gasoline? Oh, I did, yes. Now, how, how, I, want, I want you to explain to folks, because, look, I feel like the father who talks to his son or his daughter, and you tell them the truth, but they don't believe you because you're the father. But if their best friend tells them the same thing, they'll believe it. So you're my best friend today. You get to tell them that this is not going to work. Well, it's not going to work uh, because there's a history that shows it doesn't work. Price controls were used in the 19... 19- 70s, for example, late 1970s, there were price controls on supply of natural gas and petroleum. There were also allocation controls, so distributors could only get hold of so much gasoline to supposedly spread the, spread the wealth. And I lived through this. What you had is long lines. Mm-hmm. You had uh, uh, no gasoline. You had uh, quotas. You could only get gasoline on a certain day of the week. That's right. Uh, you had uh, just a disaster, and certainly that helped contribute to rising unpopularity of Jimmy Carter, that and, and a few additional things, and, and he lost badly. But it attempts in, in the past to use controls. Whenever controls are lifted, you have terrible shortages, uh, and, that sub, uh, and suddenly the shortages disappear. When Ronald Reagan becomes president, he lifts the remaining um, natural gas and, and petroleum price controls. What happens? The market says, okay, there's going to be more exploration, more drilling. There's going to be greater supply. It's reflected in the price, and suddenly, instead of soaring, the price very quickly goes down. You've got more um, product coming, coming out because, you know, there's more product is going to be shipped. Uh, the lines disappear. Uh, everything goes back to normal. So it's not just a theory in a textbook. It's happened in the real world, and it's happened every time in every country that's tried price controls. Price controls for gasoline and everything else were used in Venezuela, a big petroleum producer of all things. Those didn't work, um, and you had long lines, no food, uh, and uh, they had to be partially lifted. So. Again, to me, the idea of talking about price controls is a sign of a desperate politician who wants to, who wants to punish businesses. And, you ask, and, and the reality is government doesn't have the information to, to figure out uh, how to move things to the market. Regulations get in the way. And a famous economist, I mean, Hayek, wrote about that. He called it the pretense of knowledge. 
the bureaucrats are pretending they can solve problems, but because they don't have a markets change every day, they don't have the knowledge, they're not really transacting. And the more they interfere, the more disruptions will be caused and the more average Americans and consumers will be harmed. So as you look at the primary elections that are going on right now, the turnout amongst Republicans is high. Do you think that that's because of the this is a reflection of what our economy is looking uh, looking at and that the Democratic Party sees what this administration is doing? They've seen that he's wrecked, uh, you know, the gas prices. He's wrecked our border. He's, you know, Biden has he's been just a total total disaster are they looking at this and going we don't have a chance and a snowball's chance in hell of of doing anything this year or probably in two years well that that may well be i mean i'm not i don't study um day-to-day or political markets but you know it's it's, it's certainly quite possible and certainly there's a history of you know when, when jimmy carter um was badly defeated by Ronald Reagan, and we saw it thought to be a close election, but lots of Democrats just didn't turn out in 1980. It was a low turnout for Democrats, and Ronald Reagan won in a huge landslide. And I think that is certainly possible because people were reacting to shortages, to high prices, which, and they were smart, Americans were smart enough to figure out it was the, uh, um, executive branch and, and the president who were responsible for it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think Ronald Reagan once said, "You, you shouldn't. Maybe you should never underestimate the the basic intelligence and wisdom of the American people." And I, I'm uh, trust and hope they're they're beginning to figure it out. Yeah, I'm I'm all, I'm all with you. Uh, we got to take a break. If you'll just make yourself comfortable, pour yourself another cup coffee or whatever we'll be right back here on the dave ellswick show and then i want to talk about one of the worst senators uh, that are serving right now in washington that's elizabeth warren we'll get to her when we come back here on the uh, the dave ellswick show don't forget about east end towing they're ready to help you out they're there if you have a problem on the side of the highway if your car stopped if you got a flat tire if uh, your car is still running well, but you're towing a trailer and the trailer, let's say, blows a couple tires out, they'll come out. They'll save you on the side of the road. All you have to do, give them a call, and that uh, number is 501-888-8849, 501-888-8849. And remember what they're also asking you to do. Pay attention on the highway. You see those flashing yellow lights that means there's a tow truck up ahead move over into the far lane to give the workers that are taking care of the car the trailer whatever it might be on the side of the road and getting it up on the truck or getting it on the hook and make sure that those people stay safe and you stay safe as well that's east end towing all right, back with you. Alden Abbott is our guest economist. We've asked him to join us today, and uh, he just caught up on Arkansas politics there, Alden. It's been, you I got sure to, did. You got to hear everybody who's run. <laughs> we are covered well, up I, in ads right now as far as politics go. So it, well, it's I've good. One of your, one of your uh, senators, Tom Cotton, he's a very impressive individual, I've got to say. He's a good guy. You, yeah, you got to like Tom. He's you know, when he served over in Iraq, he served on the tip of the spear. He's a real deal there. Let's talk oh, yeah. about uh, let's talk about Senator Elizabeth Warren. Uh, this woman, 
I'm so glad that she, you know, didn't run for president because I just think she might have won. And if she had won, Lord knows where we're at right now, uh, you know, would have would have looked really good if she'd been in office because she would have really destroyed things because she's a central planner. She's a, she's the kind of person that's with Big Brother in 1984. So, you know. What do you say about her? She's she's out there posing new pieces of legislation that would give the government just all kinds of controls. Right. Well, it's really it's really troublesome. I mean, for example, she and I think three additional senators have introduced a bill that would have the Federal Trade Commission define what is an unconscionably excessive price, whatever that means, and and. <laughs> fine offenders up to 5% of revenue. That's not profits, it's annual revenues, which is crazy. First of all, uh, we talked about how shortages are are created by by price controls. This this is a form of of price control, except you don't even know if if you violated the law. In fact, so it's even worse, not only is it a control, it, it violates the rule of law, you don't know what behavior will uh, cause you to be attacked by the bureaucracy. And uh, that's, that's a real problem. And the, the thing is that the Federal Trade Commission has a leader now, Alina Khan, who um, believes not just in big government, but she distrusts big companies. Her big enemies is big companies. She said that they're basically mergers, attempts to bring together companies, improve their efficiency. She doesn't, she doesn't believe in them. So if you gave power to uh, a bureaucrat, and she now has a three to two majority on this commission, you would start seeing companies being uh, uh, charged with excessive pricing from uh, refineries to, to grocery chains like uh, Kroger, which is called out by Senator Warren, which is sort of an amazing thing to do because grocery chains have very thin margins. Yeah, that would be that would mean you would not. They would buy fewer things. They have hire fewer people. You'd have longer lines. Uh, they uh, items that are viewed as ex- too expensive. You, you wouldn't get them. Uh, so you'd have massive shortages, uh, and you'd have that with regard to every company that was charged with unconscionable pricing. Now I think that's unconstitutional. Uh, I think, but it takes years for something to get to the Supreme Court. There's a there's a doctrine that calls calls something void for vagueness. If you don't know, uh, imagine you have a law that said you can't drive at an unconscionably fast rate. What does that mean? And people start getting arrested. It, it's it's plainly arbitrary and against the rule of law. But fortunately, I think there I think there there are so few supporters. This is sort of an attempt to make somewhat less radical bills, which in and of themselves are pretty bad, look look reasonable. That's my only thought. But what do you think? I mean, we've got these senators and these Congress uh, men and women who sit up in Washington, D.C., and they talk about how companies are screwing the average American, but yet they're making money hand over fist by playing the stock market. That's right. They've been able to use inside information, inside trading. They're not subject to the usual laws, to all of the laws that they impose on the rest of us. 
Uh, so, so this is one of the shockers that, uh, for instance, members of Congress can keep excess campaign funds they've used in the past for personal expenses. There's, there's a long history of, history of corruption of that sort. At the same time, of course, they are uh, uh, recipients of a lot of donations by, uh, for example, the Silicon Valley firms that made huge donations to California Democrats. Mm-hmm. So in, 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 on the one hand, they attack the unpopular companies, maybe the ones who don't make the big donations to them. Who, who, uh, and uh, at, by, at the same time, uh, they're, they're living sort of a hypocritical life. Uh, they don't follow the rules they make for everyone else. Well, that's the way the politicians seem to always uh, act up in Washington, D.C. I mean, look, John Kerry, Elizabeth Warren, Nancy Pelosi, not only them, but their spouses have made millions upon millions of dollars on on all of this stuff. And they manipulate, I believe they manipulate the markets to make even more money because they've got the power to do it. Somebody like Pelosi definitely has the power to do it. Anyway, she reminds me of Marie Antoinette. I see if you feel the same way, Alden. She stands in front well, of that what eight ten thousand dollar refrigerator she gets. As she's got eats ice cream, and basically that's her way of say saying let them eat cake. Well, that's interesting. I hadn't heard anyone put it that way, but it's it's an interesting way of of uh, looking at it, and I can't say I disagree. Obviously not about the guillotine, but I mean, just yeah. <laughs> something the politicians do is is uh, is, is, is hard to believe, and they they are going after the real creators of wealth. And of course, as you're pointing out, government doesn't create wealth; the private sector creates wealth. That's right. Creates wealth. Government should set the basic rules of the road to protect property, contract, law enforcement, and then let leave it to the market. Instead, government. Uh, interferes to undermine the marketplace. At the same time, it manipulates the laws and regulations to derive special benefits and uh, political and uh, financial gain. You know what some economists call rent-seeking. So it, it, it's it's all a very um, unpleasant game. Uh, it really got a lot worse about a century ago when you had. Uh, won't go into the long history, but certainly it used to be that lots of what the federal government does today it didn't do. Uh, or a century ago because it would have been held as unconstitutional. So part of the problem is going back to the original Constitution that said the federal government has only limited enumerated powers. The idea of interstate commerce has been manipulated, so now the federal government claims they can regulate everything. Like wars of the United States, you find a puddle in the middle of, of, of um, Nebraska, for example, 100 miles from a river, and you regulate it and regulate the farm on which it's found because one in, once in a hundred years a flood comes and it's connected to a river which is part of the waters of the United States. Those are the sort of excesses that you really need if you had good courts you eventually you're going to have to cut back on them, I think, for the good of our country. Alden, last question for you. If people want to read uh, what you've been writing about and can share it with their friends and neighbors, where do they go? Well, there is a blog post called uh, truthonthemarket.com. True, T-R-U-T-H-O-N-T-H-E-M-A-R-K-E-T, 
truthonthemarket.com. And I also, if you just Google my name, A-L-D-E-N-A-B-B-O-T-T, you'll find, uh, Google my name and, and petroleum or gasoline or big meat. I've written a, lots of op-eds about some of the items you mentioned, some of the attempts to, to blame big business unfairly. So uh, I hope that's helpful. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for spending an early morning with us. Go on and have a great day, and we will talk to you uh, in the near future again. Thank you much. All right, Alden Abbott here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Just a little econ 101 for you early in the morning, uh, helping you understand what's going on there in Washington. Okay, we take a break. When we come back, Charles McElwee will be with us. He's from Real Clear Politics. We're going to talk about Pennsylvania. The Senate race is so close. The recount probably will just lead to another election. We'll talk about that when we return. All right, we're going to try to get a hold of uh, Charles uh, McElvey uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He's the editor of uh, Real Clear Politics, uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, as you know, there's a very hotly contested race in Pennsylvania going on right now. Uh, Oz and uh, his challenger are uh, just separated like by two-tenths of a point is all is all that the separation is now the third uh, the lady who's running uh, in that race is in uh, a distant third position so she wouldn't be included in a runoff election of course there is going to be a recount i'm sure of that but uh, the people i talk to me says even if there's a recount they don't believe they're going to find enough votes either way to give either of those candidates uh, the win. So I understand that Charles is with us now. Hey, Charles, welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Appreciate you joining us today. Man, you guys got a senatorial uh, primary with the Republican Party that couldn't get any more razor thin. Are you there, Charles? Yes. Okay. Can you hear me? I hear you now. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Yes, it's incredible. State law in Pennsylvania requires an automatic recount if the margin of victory is within 0.5 percentage points. And this is razor thin. Um, We're over 91% of the expected ballots being counted. Um, Now we're just waiting for the mail-ins. Many of those still need to be counted, but this definitely appears to be headed for a recount between Dr. Oz and David McCormick. Now, I'm hearing that they think that even if there's a recount, that uh, they're not going to get a winner. So it looks to me we're running for a, what, uh, a runoff election. That would happen when? I'm uncertain when the election would happen, when that scenario would happen under Pennsylvania state law. But uh, hopefully the state of Pennsylvania spared that scenario and uh, there's an answer uh, sooner rather than later. All right, well, let's move on. Let's go to the governor's race, because that was a big deal, too. You got the president got, got behind, uh, what's his name, uh, Marciano, and uh, he's the winner. He beat Barletta, which kind of surprised me, because I know Barletta. I've had him on my show a lot of times. I've met him personally in Washington, D.C. Seems like, seemed to be a, a pretty good Republican to me. But uh, he got he got pretty good thumping yesterday by, by about twenty points. It seems like, if I'm correct. So, what uh, what what is uh, Mariano facing in the general election? 
Right. So uh, Doug Mastriano uh, handily won the gubernatorial primary yesterday, and he now faces the brutal reality of the electoral map as it defines Pennsylvania, which is the fact that you have so many suburban regions in the state um, that have been trending Democrat for years, even before Trump was elected in 16. And they will just not go for a candidate like Mastriano. So what we'll be seeing in November is similar to what happened to Pennsylvania in 2002. That was a great year for the Republican Party. They picked up seats in Congress and and bucked the trend in the sense of they picked up seats in the midterm year that the sitting president is is of the same party as the party uh, that holds Congress. And um, despite that, Pennsylvania, uh, in Pennsylvania, Ed Rendell beat Michael Fisher, won the governor's race, a Democrat, uh, defying the trends. And I think we'll be seeing that in Pennsylvania in the sense of it will be a Republican wave year. But in Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, who has who won his attorney general races in 16 and 2020, um, is the front runner here. And it's just due to the fact that suburbia uh, will will turn out for Shapiro. Okay, so I got to ask this question because it, it yeah you know, I read what you had said when I wanted to have you on because I wanted to talk to you about this. Gas prices are going through you know sky it's out they're out in outer space. You got a border that's porous. You got all kinds of things that are going on that are impacting the average consumer in America today. But yet you feel that a Democrat is going to hold that state. What makes you feel that way? I, I know you say that Pennsylvanians have become really centrist, but do you not think that they're not going to vote their wallet? It, it's a strange dynamic, but I think it's just it, it speaks to the suburban voter. So many of these upper middle class uh, suburban voters in places like Pennsylvania are oftentimes unaffected by the consequences of the policies or the elected officials that they support. So I think when it comes to Pennsylvania, um, you, you have enough voters in places like greater Philadelphia who aren't even talking about the surging crime in that city. In the city of Philadelphia itself, Pew recently found that 70% 70% of Philadelphians rank public safety as their top concern. Okay. But just 20 minutes outside the city, you're in a whole different area, prosperous suburbia, and they're not even going into the city anymore. And I think they would just vote for a Democrat because they are, are remain uh, deeply offended by Trump. They, they flipped counties that had been Republican since the Civil War in the Philadelphia area uh, during that period. And Josh Shapiro's going to run as a centrist, and they'll go for him over Mastriano and help him carry over the top in an otherwise Republican year. It's a strange dynamic, but again, similar to what happened in 02. All right. What do you know as far as that goes? So you're saying that that would that's going to be a seat that the Democrats will hold in the Senate? Then is what you think? Correct. Well, the Democrats will hold the governor's seat, and that would be the first time that Pennsylvania would have would be looking at the prospect of 12 years of a Democrat governor. That has never happened before. 
What about what about the Senate? Uh, do do the, the Senate uh, candidates in the Repub- Republican Party have a shot there in the in the state? If it's McCormick or Oz, definitely. Um, either candidate would be facing John Fetterman, who won all sixty-seven counties yesterday. He is um, a progressive, definitely to the left. And again, so that by polarity, I mean, he would be too extreme for for many voters across the state. And um, I think the advantage is either for Oz or McCormick on that end. All right. Well, I promised him I'd let you out of here by about 43, 44. I'm at that time limit right now. I'd like to have you on again in the future. Let's talk more about Pennsylvania politics. I'd like to do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But thanks for your time this morning. Hey, thank you so much. Okay, talk to you later. That, uh, of course, Charles um, McElwee, he is the uh, editor of Real Clear Politics in Pennsylvania. Don't know if I agree with him totally, but he makes a good point. I mean, he does. He makes a good point. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk further. we got a little bit more time to uh, to uh, get into uh, politics here in the Dave Ellswick Show. Next hour, uh, Congressman Hill will be with us, Congressman Westerman. And in the 9 o'clock hour today, Lance will be with us from the Travelers, and we'll be talking to them about their nonprofit. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I had told you that uh, I have gotten my security system now. I used to have ADT years ago and uh, just let it go to the side and didn't do it but with the rise in crime that we've seen through the area and things of that nature uh the luscious linda my wife has uh, been a little bit more concerned about you know she sees cars she's not used to seeing in the neighborhood and things of that nature she brings it to my attention so to give her more peace of mind uh, i decided to uh, put in a new security system at the ellswick residence and so I wanted to use somebody that I knew that I could trust, and that's where Billy Mack came in. I met Billy Mack uh, oh, several months ago and was really impressed with what he does. I mean, his his company is the one that is used by uh, Nuke One uh, for their protection. And I, fig- I, I figured if they are going to be taking care of a nuclear reactor that they could take care of my house as well. So I Bill and Matt come on out to the house. Uh, we walked through the house. We talked, and uh, we put in door and window sensors on all the doors and windows, and we put a couple of cameras on the house. We put one uh, in the uh, the door doorbell so you can see who's at the door without looking through the peephole, so to speak. And, look, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's kind of, kind of crazy about security in that way i don't want you looking through the peephole to see who's there because if it's somebody with a gun they shoot you through the peephole okay all they do is watch the peephole and if they see a shadow they know you're right in front of it the door so uh they take they take a pot shot at you so i wanted the camera and uh, we can see whoever is not only at the door but it's a wide-angled camera. I can see them if they're standing to the side. And then we put a camera on the driveway, which covers the entire driveway in the front of the house, basically, uh, until you get around it. And then the the camera in the front takes over. So we can see who is, you know, maybe trying to get in the home or whatever. So we had all of that taken care of. And uh, I don't have to pay for any of that hardware. Not Not a penny. Not a penny. That is all... Uh, free to me. It's mine to keep. 
All I have to do is pay for the monthly service charge. Phone number for you to get involved with it, 501-205-1333. 501-205-1333. Remember, those cameras are 1080p. That means they are clear. Not like what you see on TV, A&E, you know, solving crimes, and they, they look like, uh, you know, aliens, and they're glowing all around them. And they're, No, it's not that way. It is like what if you were watching direct TV and watch a sports presentation. It is that clear. I mean, it's very, very clear. It's very, very good. So um, call Billy Mac. Talk to him about getting a security system that's worth your money. 501-205-1333. All right, we're moving into the last segment now of uh, the hour. We've got about 10 minutes remaining here. And I want to go back and kind of cover what we talked uh, with Charles McElvey about. Kind of interesting what he had to say. If I cut to the chase and cut out uh, some of the stuff that, that we talked about, here is what he was saying. The most centrist uh, 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 candidates look like they're going to win. That uh, Oz or the other gentleman will win for Senate uh, for the state because even though they're Republicans, they're not a progressive uh like uh, Fellerman, who's who's running on the Democrat side, you know he he runs with the AOC crowd and things of that nature, and he believes he'll lose because he will not be palatable uh, to a lot of Democrat voters who um, aren't that way. They don't feel that way. So uh, because of that, uh, he says Republicans will uh, hold the Senate seat, the governor seat, big different story. Because uh, Mastriano, the Republican who just won yesterday in the primary, is much more conservative uh, than a lot of other Republicans uh, that are out there. And, uh, you know, he was uh, against the whole COVID-19 stuff and all of that. And he believes that when he gets into uh, the running with Shapiro uh, for governor, that Shapiro will win. Any other election, I think I probably would agree with what Charles is saying. However, with gas prices, you know, taking your firstborn and grocery prices continuing to climb uh, and, and with the border in disarray, with drugs flooding across the southern border and all the rest, because, hey, look, I understand what he's saying. Uh, the people that live in suburbia maybe aren't being impacted in their own minds by gas prices because they make enough money to to pay for those high prices. But I'll tell you something. I, I know enough people, even when they make decent money, when gas prices are this high, they start taking notice. They start wondering, and they're going to start wondering about why is their steak so freaking expensive? And when they keep hearing these things about 170,000 Americans uh, young Americans between the ages of 18 and 49 dying from fentanyl overdoses, those things are going to resonate. And I, I, I can't believe that, uh, you know, Mastriano won't be out there, you know, beating that, those horses, you know, beating those topics, bringing them to the, uh, the Pennsylvanian voters and see what's going on. Now, voter integrity, different story. 
I'm just telling you, I look, I grew up outside of Chicago, and I know about voter integrity, and I know how bad Chicago was at one time with Mayor Daley, the boss, the original Mayor Daley, and how badly the cheating was uh, during that time. But I will tell you this, that uh, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia exactly has passed up Chicago as far as far as all that is concerned. So, you know, you got to consider all of that. So we'll see how it happens. That's what makes elections fun to watch. That's what I like about watching uh, the electoral process and watching candidates and watching how they run their campaigns and watching, you know, uh, what they stand for. All right, let's talk about one last thing here before we get to the top of the hour. And I know you're talking about your gas bills at night. I know you're sitting down having dinner. I don't know whether if that's at the the dining room table or you got a folding table that you put in front of your your side of the couch or the you know the the, the kickback chair that you sit in and watch sports or whatever. But you probably have a talk with your with your uh, your wife about uh, or in your significant other about gas prices you probably talk to your son or your daughter and maybe they don't have their own cars uh, but they've got uh, they use the family car i guess most kids have their own cars now but uh, you know they got to afford the gas that they put in their cars as well so they can run around and i'm sure you're having those discussions and you know that it's tough right now well it's going to get worse I'm just, I'm just, I'm warning you. I expect to see over $5 a gallon across the United States before the summer's over. You think about if you're going on vacation. I was just talking to Linda about that last night. 15-gallon ta- uh, tank, $5 a gallon. Uh, my uh, math says $75 a fill-up. And driving down to, you know, to Florida uh, to spend a week, we're talking just in gas, $300 round trip. That's that's expensive, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and with summer right around the corner, which means uh, you're going to be turning on your air conditioning and turning it up, uh, the cost of energy is going to be up. It's going up. Cooling down the house in the middle of the sweltering summer heat is going to cost you more than usual. So you're going to be hit there. Uh, the U.S. Energy Information Administration, the EIA, estimated that on average there's going to be an increase of at least 4% in the price of your electricity for your household this summer. For the entire summer, the agency projects that the average household is expected to spend an additional 1% more for electricity compared to your summer in 2021. And, uh, some of the folks talking about this says Nick Loris, Vice President of Public Policy for C3. The higher price is largely driven by supply and demand, particularly with natural gas, which provides 38% of our electricity needs. We've been operating in an environment of constrained supply and higher demand. Well, that tells you higher, higher, higher uh, demand, lower supp- uh, supply. That means higher prices so um just get ready just get ready for it you might want to go on what's that called balanced budgeting that they have at most of the uh electricity places where they work it out they figure out how much you spend over the course of a year and break it down so that it doesn't all hit you in the months where you're spending 
most of your money during the uh, the summertime when the heat is really up when it's 98 degrees outside and feels like 105 and humidity levels at you know 80 percent or whatever it feels like you're walking out to a sauna you know it's just telling you your electricity bills are going to go higher just remember what Obama said when he was elected and was president for eight years. He mentioned this. You can go find it. Just Google it. And you can listen to him say it. That moving to a sustainable, what he considers a sustainable energy, what Biden is doubling down on for sustainable energy, is going to cause pain. That's the exact word that Obama used. It will cause pain. Because you're going to have to spend more money for your electricity, keep the lights on, you know, keep the air conditioning on, your gas, all the rest. All right. Coming up in the next hour, and we'll talk about this with our congressman, Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman, who will join us in the next hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. we got news coming your way in just a moment. So we'll bring you up on what's happening around the world. Show second hour of the show today. We'll be talking to Congressman Hill, Congressman Westerman during this hour. May even have uh, Robert Seibach stop by later on in the next half hour for a few minutes. We'll find out if that happens or, or not. I'm in contact with him doing some texting back and forth. But let, let's get right to Congressman Hill because there's a lot of things uh, that are going on right now. So Finland and Sweden both are going to join uh, NATO. Can you explain to us, because I've heard Turkey doesn't want either one in, can they stop this from happening? It does need to be uh, unanimous, but uh, from what I understand, I think uh, uh, Turkey will uh, go along with it ultimately. Uh, And this is an amazing fact, uh, Dave, because Finland and Sweden with border Russia and the very northern part of Europe have stayed neutral for all these years, and it is Putin himself that has provoked them joining NATO for their own defense. And both of them have outstanding 
uh, militaries that are already integrated, you know, into the uh, NATO system. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that uh, when Putin, you know, had his surrogates out there, you know, talking about, oh, they don't want to do this, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, the, the the guys from Finland, I know for a fact, uh, I forget which one, which uh, politician it was, said, uh, if, if Mr. Putin wants to know why we're doing this, look in the mirror. Exactly. Yeah, and this is what we've seen in unity in, in Europe on many things. You had Switzerland, which uh, has been neutral and obviously a, a tax haven and a secrecy haven for decades. Even Switzerland helped uh, identify assets of of Russians. So you've had uh, across the board Europe trying to come together to eject Putin from Ukraine and send him the message that he's crossed the line uh, that truly people are going to enforce uh, with force. And this is something I don't think Putin expected. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, Finland, you know, shares an 800-mile border with Russia. They're not going to be happy, you know, that they're going to be a NATO co- country now. And then Sweden is right behind Finland. So uh, that's, that's uh, two pretty strong uh, nations facing your uh, military where we've heard now that Putin may have lost almost nearly 30% of his military in the Ukraine. Yeah, the wounded and killed uh, estimates are staggering, and I think that accounts for why Putin is just stalemated, which is a terrible situation in the military if we're just going to go into a siege mentality and just keep uh, keep blasting. But I really think truly on February 23rd that Russia was considered to have the second best military in the world. And I think after 82 days, it's a consensus it has the second best military in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. So that'll be something for us to, to keep uh, keep an eye on. What about these uh, WHO amendments uh, that people yeah. are talking about? I'll give you some time to talk about that. Yeah, I read uh, I read that, and uh, I had a lot of constituents reach out, and it is concerning that we would uh, in any way turn over a decision to not only an unelected person at a U.N. agency, the World Health Organization, but one that uh, has a bad reputation. So a couple of comments. One, I don't think we should cede uh, their ability to declare a uh, – pandemic, global pandemic, without any engagement from the country. I understand where they were coming from because China hid the virus and misled the WHO. And then the WHO really became almost a mouthpiece for China. So this is an effort to try to uh, take cover-ups in countries away uh, from and, and give some oversight to it. But I think they went too far. I think you still have to have oversight by the uh, World Health Organization Board of Directors. I don't think you can let some unelected U.N. bureaucrat decide uh, when there's a pandemic and enforce that on a sovereign country. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Plus, I think uh, Tiedris, the guy who runs the WHO, should not have been reelected. I think America should have opposed that, and the Biden administration did not. They did not even put up an alternative candidate. What a big surprise. Uh, stunning, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, this is the kind of thing that when you have a multilateral, America and our allies like Great Britain, we have to lead there and demand accountability. Otherwise, the Chinese and, and other bad actors just run the show. So anyway, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at what we can do about this uh, because I am concerned about uh, the way it, it turned. All right. I've been doing several uh, shows uh, over the last few weeks talking inflation, talking uh, supply and demand, talking supply chains and all that. We had uh, Alden Abbott on earlier today uh, basically doing Econ 101, trying to help people understand exactly why what is happening is happening. And then a, a brand new article today out of Fox News talking about electricity prices uh, from a year ago going up about 4%. That means when it starts getting hot outside, people turn on their air conditioning and they start getting their uh, start getting their bills. They're going to be higher. There doesn't look to be any relief in sight. Gas, food, electricity, whatever can go up seems to be going up, uh, Congressman. Is there anything you all can do? And uh, let's talk, talk about it this way in the future. Taking back the House and maybe even the Senate, will that give you the power you need to be able to do some things? I think certainly if we took the Senate back, we would have uh, a lot of leverage. And let's everything you talked about, electricity prices, food, what is the common element there? It's fossil fuels. Oh, yeah. This is what the naive left just doesn't get. You want to have global food? You don't want to prevent starvation? You've got to grow the food. You've got to get Putin out of Ukraine. You've got to get that wheat out of Ukraine. You've got to plant crops. And when you plant crops, what is the essential element globally? Fertilizer. How do you make fertilizer? Natural gas. How do you how do you fuel those uh, crop plantings and harvest? Diesel fuel. So uh, plastic made out of fossil fuel. How do we generate electricity? Through coal or natural gas and some nuclear. So, of course, everything is going up. Everything requires energy. And this Putin, this uh, Biden administration has been a disaster on that. So if we took the house back, we would unleash American industry, in, industry to produce the oil and gas that not only would lower prices here, but help all of our allies around the world. Well, the the pre- look, we I think most Americans understand because you know President Reagan used to say, "Don't underestimate the intelligence of Americans," and I and I agree with that. They can look and they can see what this administration has done, has destroyed uh, the uh, oil and gas industry. By destroyed, I don't mean they can't come back or anything like that. But you know, he's put shackles on them. I mean, the governor of of Alaska said if they would just let them get back to drilling the way they were drilling, they'd make up the amount of energy we're we're losing from uh, from the uh, the Russians. No problem whatsoever, very easily. And that's only a, one of the fields that we've already tapped. Exactly. I mean, Biden says he's removed barriers, and it's just plain not true. It's just plain not true. Just last week, he canceled. The most recent uh, offshore oil lease auction that people were eagerly awaiting to go find new places to explore for oil in the Gulf of Mexico, and the Biden administration canceled it. So anything you read that, quote, Joe Biden and the administration are helping the energy energy get back up to 13 million barrels a day, it's just false. And including they want to raise taxes on the industry. They want to prohibit banks and investment banks from financing fossil fuel replacement of critical reserves. So this is why I think it's essential that if we take the House and the Senate, that we make that a top economic plank that we get 
people back out into the field, get workers, unplug the supply chain, and get that permits and leases flowing to get our energy industry back up at full capacity. All right. Done with the first half of this half hour with uh, Congressman French Hill. We'll come back. We'll finish up our conversation with him as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Stephen Davis, and this is your Travs Report. A thrilling start to the homestand last night for the Arkansas Travelers as they come back from down 5 nothing in the fifth inning to the in-state rivals, the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, and win it in 10 innings, 7-6. to The only Travs lead of the night comes at the very end of the ballgame as Zach Deloach is the hero for the Travs. Walk-off hit with two out in the bottom of the 10th inning, winning a left-on-left matchup against Walter Pennington send the Travs into euphoria and give them their first walk-off win of the season. Travs scrapped their way back. Two runs in the fifth, two more in the sixth, two in the seventh to tie. Both teams missed chances for really big seventh innings as relievers pulled great escape jobs for the Travs. It was Devin Sweet coming in with the bases loaded, nobody out. Didn't give up anything of the inherited runners. And then Sweet and Travis Kuhn pitched scoreless baseball to the end of the ball game to give the Travs the chance to get it done and get that win in the tenth, which they do. Seven to six over the Naturals to take the opener of this series and a 12-game homestand. 6.35 first pitch tonight. Dog days of summer at the ballpark. Bring your dog out. Taylor Dollard with a .82 earned run average gets the start for the Travs against lefty Angel Serpa for the Naturals. Hope to see you at the ballpark. If you can't make it, we've got it for you over on 93.3 The Fish with pregame starting at 6.20. Again, thrilling win last night for the Travs in 10 innings, 7-6 over the Naturals. I'm Stephen Davis. This is your Travs Report. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick. Show what's going on with Talib in the House? What is this thing that she's this resolution that she's putting forth? That uh, you know something about Israel in 1948, and you know the start of of Israel as a country. I'm so glad you mentioned it because it's on the top of my list today. About uh, we were voting till. Uh, Oh, I guess about 9.30 last night, and I was down in Steve Scalise's office, and he pulled it up on his phone. He says, you won't believe what Tlaib did today, and he gave me a verbal on it, so I haven't read it yet. It's just one more, uh, I hate to say this, crazy anti-Semitic motion by Tlaib and her group in the House. I mean, this is uh, one of... uh, the worst sort of thing. She is one of the leaders of the boycott, divest movement. She is uh, utterly opposed to the state of Israel. She's opposed to uh, everything they do because she's a devoted uh, Palestinian supporter of all things Palestinian. Um, Those are her politics, and I have not read it, but uh, I'll be sure to do that today. Yeah, it's the the Nakba resolution is what it is, and Evidently, she wants some kind of, uh, uh, I guess, genuflect from us saying how terrible it was that so many Palestinians were, you know, moved around during during that time. Well, if you want to go, not, you don't have to go against Israel for that. That was done by the Arabs, not by the Israelis. Yeah, so, uh, but this is just a pattern. You know, they blocked uh, Iron Dome defensive weapon funding for Israel. Uh, they... Uh, uh, essentially blocked a any uh, uh, I would say an anti-Semitism resolution uh, in the House uh, because uh, they didn't want it to single out Jews. They wanted to make sure that it was uh, for uh, Palestinians as well. So 
Muslims as well, I should say. So anyway, I look forward to seeing it today and see what the heck she's talking about. Yeah, what about, uh, let's talk about the border just for a few moments because that's all yeah. the time that we got left. There's a couple of things I, I kind of wanted to ask you about. And number one is what in the heck, uh, what's taken so long for the left to understand that this this overflow of uh, fentanyl that's coming into our country is killing as many Americans as it is, and yet, and the, and the Biden administration just turns a blind eye to it. They're uh, not operationally securing the border. I was in uh, San Diego, I guess now uh, two weeks ago, and witnessed there at the San Ysidro border crossing uh, fentanyl pills being pulled out of the rims of a car tire, already pressed into pill form, already disguised as just another medicine. And uh, it was over a pound. And we've interdicted thousands of pounds, I think something like over 6,000 pounds of fentanyl, which is enough just to kill, you know, millions and millions and millions of our young people. And we lost 107,000 people last year to an opioid-related overdose, and much of that was due to illegal pills coming across the border. Yeah, those illegal pills are cut with fentanyl. Exactly. And the drug dealers are lacing fentanyl into everything, including marijuana. And uh, depending on your body chemistry or what's happening to you that day, that could be lethal. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what's frightening. That's what's frightening. And the Biden administration has completely abdicated their responsibility in border security. <clears throat> they have their incompetent secretary, who I hope we force out of office, or if he's not, doesn't resign, that we find a way to remove him from office, because I've never seen somebody more incompetent in leadership. He doesn't have the support of people in the blue uniforms at Customs or green uniforms at Border Patrol. And he literally testifies before Congress that we have operational control of the border. I mean, it's it's a joke. And these are policy decisions made by the Biden administration. These are not errors made by our good Customs or Border Patrol agents. These are policy directives from the Biden administration. Okay, so they're getting ready to get rid of uh, that uh, 42, which... Yep. stopping people at the border, checking for COVID and whatnot. And uh, the Biden administration is not putting anything in its stead to control uh, the immigration that's going on. Mayorkas yesterday, I don't know if you saw this or not, made the most understatement I've ever heard. He looked at the TV cameras and he said, when this goes away, there might be a little bit of a surge on the border. I mean, that's the way he said it, Congressman. Yeah, this is this just he just has no credibility. His own people are projecting that little surge, quote unquote, could be 18,000 people a day, which in case you uh, your listeners are busy driving their kids somewhere or getting to work, that's annualizes out to 500,000 a month or 6 million people. That's three times the rate they're coming across the border right now. Yeah, so, that's that's two Arkansas's. It's just ridiculous. And uh, they are talking uh, about, you know, reinstating the remain in Mexico policy, which was a key policy that Trump put in place that was really working with Mexico. So you're from another country. You want to seek asylum in the U.S. You wait in Mexico. And Mallorca said, oh, well, we've changed our mind. We are going to do that. He said that in November. Today, it's almost June and there's been no action on it. Well, you guys take over the house again. Get rid of him. Uh, I'm, I'm just it, saying. It is a, 
Yep, it's a top priority because of, of just literally uh, he has been a disaster. And I look, can we blame him for everything? Absolutely not, because the buck or the 87 cents after inflation stops with Biden. <laughs> stops with Biden, because he is the White House is telling these cabinet secretaries what to do. I got to get a hold of uh, John Deere. That that would make a great political cartoon. The 87 cents stops here. I like that. I, I saw it in a political cartoon. Oh, did you? I used it. I, I plagiarized it. Use well, it. Yeah, that's a good one to plagiarize. All right, Congressman, thanks Everybody. so much. We appreciate you. All we'll better. talk to you later. Bye. All right, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. 87 cents stops here. I like that. Yeah. It's, well, it's Hi, true. Oh, well, it's good to be with you, Dave. It's true. You know, this is the problem is that we have such an awful economy because of Biden. We were roaring even during the pandemic. We were doing better than we are now. And we've reopened. Right. We've reopened. Yeah. But uh, when we were shut down under Biden, we were uh, excuse me, under uh, uh, Trump, we were doing better than we're doing now. What does that tell you? Well, that's why I disagree with the guy I had on today talking about Pennsylvania. I don't know if you heard the interview I did with uh, I didn't catch it. It was a Charles um, Elwe. He's the editor of Real Clear Politics up in Pennsylvania. And he was saying that he thought the guy running uh, for uh uh, governor now for the Republicans, that's going to be, uh, what was his name now, uh, Marciano, who won the uh, the primary last night. He believes he'll lose to uh, Shapiro mm-hmm. because Shapiro's more of a centrist. And I said, but wait a second, higher gas prices, right. you, know, uh, you know, crime. I mean, I just went down the litany. He said the crime thing, you get outside of Philadelphia, most people don't pay attention to it because it's not affecting them. That's what he said. Maybe. And then he said – I don't know the geography. And then his, Maybe. <laughs> his explanation – and this quickly, and I've got to take a break right. – uh, is, is this. It just blew my mind. He said when it comes to gas prices, those people out in the suburbs, it's not bothering them because they got the money to cover it. That's and I, I don't buy that. <laughs> It's over $4 a gallon. People are paying attention to that. They're talking about it at the kitchen table. All right, let's take a break. We'll be uh, back with more. we got uh, Bill O'Reilly coming up. Let's do that. And then Congressman Westerman will join us, and Robert will be with us to the top of the hour. All right, so we're back for the uh, last uh, 25 minutes of the 7 o'clock hour. I'll be back at 9 o'clock and uh, from the Trav's. Uh, we'll be talking to Lance. He'll be joining us, and we'll talk about some things that the Trabs are up to that you need to know about. Won a big one last night. I like that we're playing those updates for everybody so you know what they did the night before. Robert Steinbach is sitting in the studio. We're waiting for uh, Congressman Westerman to call in. As soon as he does, we'll bring him up on the air, and we'll sit and talk to him a little bit. And uh, don't forget that Robert is a law professor over at uh, you know the law school here in at uh, UALR and his opinions are his and his alone yesterday 23 uh of the 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 politicians that Trump endorsed won their yeah. primaries yeah. what does that say well of course it tells us what we already knew dave is that uh, Trump has a lot of power and he uh, still holds sway across the population and the population is really wanting some new leadership after what we saw happen with Biden. 
Okay, what do you think? And I see that Congressman Westerman's with us, so okay. he's hearing us what we're talking about. Right. Now, uh, Bruce, just so you know, we're talking about Trump. He, 23 of his candidates won their races yesterday, the ones that he's endorsed. And I'm just wondering, does that mean, do you think, Robert, that Trump will rerun for president or – is he just happy to be kingmaker? That I can't answer. I really don't know. It's a tough question. And, uh, of course, most of these are guesses, but that's too big of a guess for me to make. Okay. Good morning, Congressman. How you doing? Great, Dave. Good to be with you. Uh, good to have you along with us today. We just got done talking a few moments ago with Congressman Hill. I'm going to kind of cover some of the same issues that we did because I think they're, they're definitely ones we have to. Uh, Tlaib has put forth a resolution uh, in the Congress. I don't even know if you've seen it yet. Uh, the, the Naab, I think it's called resolution, and it's to to celebrate, not celebrate, I guess to remember all the Palestinians who were displaced in 1948 to uh, start the nation of Israel. And he blames Israelis for this, the Jews. Wasn't it the Arabs that moved the Palestinians out? Well, I think it uh, it wasn't Israel that was the aggressor in the Seven Day War yeah. either. So uh, uh, I haven't I haven't seen uh, Tlaib's latest work, but that that doesn't surprise me at all. Well, she's not. Look, I, I'm I'll say it. You don't have to say it. All right. I'm I'm just. This is my opinion. Do not put this on Bruce. She is the biggest anti Semite in the U.S. Congress, bar none. I think, well, she's probably got some competition for that, but she she would probably actually embrace that if you uh, if, if she knew you told you said that. Yeah, probably would. She probably would say, "Well, yeah, you you got me. I stand accused." Uh, whatever. All right, let's let's talk about uh, you. Were on a trip. You were out looking at natural resources. Is that right? Yeah, I was out in uh, the giant sequoias. Uh, this is in Kevin McCarthy's district where uh, most of these sequoias reside. And we did, a, it was even a bipartisan trip. Even the Democrats in California realized we need to do something different or these trees are going to be gone. We've lost uh, 19% of them in two years. And, and these are wow. trees that some of them are 3,000 years old. They're probably the most fire resistant species on the planet uh, certainly the most iconic tree on the planet and it's just devastating to think that in in a two-year time frame you could lose 19 percent of them and you know we went to these groves that were just totally torched there wasn't anything remotely green in any of, uh, of these sequoia groves and there there's only like 73 Groves. They grow in very specific places. Only uh, on the you know, western slopes of the Sierra Nevadas at an elevation above about 5,000 feet. So they're pretty picky about where they grow, and uh, they've survived fires for a long time. But uh, the mismanagement that we've done uh, seems to have done them in, and it's going to get all of them if we don't. Uh, do something different but fortunately i think there's going to be a big bipartisan effort to do the right thing and start going in and managing around these uh, sequoias uh, you know for for centuries they were averaging about 30 31 fires per century until the 20th century when we started the forest service and they were averaging uh, 
they averaged three fires per century. So you had the, these trees grow up in the understory that just created ladder fuel. So the fires that came through ran up these small trees and got in the crowns and squids and killed them. It's not really rocket science, but we know how to fix it. Yeah, well, let's see if that uh, if they'll listen to people like you. I mean, that's what your degree is in is in forestry. You know this stuff. I remember. Look, when I was a kid, I always thought I have never been out to see those big trees. I want to see them. There's something I want. It's just something that's with me because I remember that the picture in our uh, science books where it showed cars driving through them. They they actually built little like tunnels through the trees because they're so huge. Yeah, well, I, I if anybody's ever got a chance to go see them, I would highly encourage it, and now I would really encourage it because uh, it's unfathomable. Nobody would have ever thought, probably even ten years ago or twenty years ago, nobody would have thought that you could destroy twenty percent of the giant sequoias in two years with fire. That's just it's un, unimaginable that that's happened. Uh, so it's, this is something that needs to be addressed very quickly, and uh, I think I think we'll get a bill done uh, fairly soon on that. Okay, so if if you get your bill done, and I know that a lot of it's going to be about taking care of the forest floor and all of that because out there in california with the federal government and the state government they've let all kinds of undergrowth you know build up they, they wanted to protect a tit mouse out there and and uh, wouldn't didn't want to destroy their uh, natural areas that they grew up in and and all they did was uh, create a tinder box out there you put that rule through can are you able to force the state government of California to, to, to follow it as well, or are you going to have to do If you do, is it going to be a big fight in court about it? That's interesting, Dave. California is the only place I travel where the local people are asking for federal regulations to relieve them from what's happening in the state. That, that pretty well sums it up. Yeah, they, want the, they want the feds regulating instead of the, the state. And if you look at John Sequoias, there are four different groups that manage the land they're on. You've got the Park Service, the Forest Service, the State of California, and the Tule River Tribe, which the, the tribe actually does a pretty good job of management. And uh, the, the Park Service surprisingly does a decent job uh, because a lot of it's more tourist-related than trying to keep a healthy forest. Uh, but there's a lot of work to be done on the Forest Service land and the Park Service, really all of it. But um, we had all of those groups together in our meeting out there. We did a big big town hall meeting uh, that we had uh, with McCarthy and myself and uh, David Valadeo from California and then Jimmy Panetta and Scott Peters and Jeff all right we'll come back we'll finish up our discussion uh when we get back i get one question about inflation for you congressman then i'll let you get to your to your work all right all right all right hold on we've got congressman westerman on the line with us we'll be back with more for him in just a moment don't forget about east end towing they're willing to help you if you find yourself on the side of the highway They'll come out and do the towing for you. They also want to remind you, if you're out on the highway, you're traveling, you see those flashing yellow lights, get over in the far lane, away from them. Those are people that are out 
probably a lot closer to the lanes of traffic than they want to be, trying to take care of people that need to get to uh, their cars need to be taken to some uh, uh, technician at a garage so they can get it fixed or they're they're on the side of the highway and they blew a tire or they blew tires on their perhaps their trailers and they're they're pulling their camper or they're pulling their boat whatever just keep in mind move over and make it safe for them and make it safe for you it's not fun if you happen to uh, to hit a car on the side of the road it will do Bad damage to your car as well. Phone number 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. Don't forget the name. East. All right, let's finish it up with Congressman Westerman. Congressman, uh, you're the man from our state that knows more about natural resources than most Democrats know. You, You got so much knowledge in your little finger about natural resources that the democrats all the way to the top don't even know let's let's talk about uh, inflation how much of what we're doing with natural resources in this country right now under this president is impacting the average consumer we may have lost him i think we lost him yep i don't hear you hear me now i got you now there you are okay i'm sorry i've been uh i'm in dc and i've uh, it's tourist season again, so I walked over to the Library of Congress. They were a group in for a tour, <laughs> uh, so there may be some background noise as well. But uh, I heard your heard your question on uh, uh, inflation, and it starts with energy. And this week, or yesterday actually, we ran a bill for the sixth time, or tried to run the bill uh, that wrote it along with Kathy McMorris Rogers, who will be the chairman of the Energy and Commerce Committee, called the American Energy Independence from Russia Act, and it's got six provisions in it that would free up domestic energy production. For the sixth time, Democrats have struck it down. I think we're going to keep pushing it, trying to get a get them to take a vote on it. But it's just it's common sense thing. It's like developing the plan for the Gulf of Mexico, uh, opening up pipelines and taking uh, the restrictions pipelines. You know, it's common sense things that would allow not only domestic production, but would create jobs uh, here in America uh, while providing energy that would help lower inflation. But when you look at uh, its breadth of natural resources, uh, we're becoming more and more dependent on other countries. And the sad thing is we've got them all right here in the United States. We're a blessed nation with resources. And from mining and energy to uh, being able to produce food and and fiber and with our forests and with our fisheries. Everywhere you look, we have an abundance of resources, and our founders recognize that, and they, uh, they pushed to develop those resources, and that's how we grew wealth in this nation. But uh, there just seems to be an attack on American uh, resource independence and especially energy independence right now and it, every single person in America is feeling it with energy. We all uh, depend on energy and we all depend on all these other resources. Uh, right. The cost of food is, is high and going higher. Appreciate it, Congressman. I'll let you get to your tour there and, and take care of that. We'll talk to you next Wednesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks so much. 
Thank you, Dave. Always right. good to visit. All right. Congressman Westerman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good Robert uh, Steinbach is sitting in here with me right now. And, uh, Robert, uh, your challenger – and, by the way, complete – let's get complete transparency here. Uh, Robert has said he's willing to debate his challenger at any time here on, on the show. Yeah. And I, I made a call, and I in, I invited them to, but uh, was told that they were not interested in doing in, doing a, uh, a debate. Well, because that's Johnny Crickets, right? My opponent doesn't show up anywhere. We had a, there was a forum in Little Rock. He skipped it. They were asked, calling out his name. He hasn't showed up. He did one press interview in the Democrat Gazette, and his paid handlers, his paid lobbyists, have been backpedaling each of the statements that he made in that interview. Okay, so let's yeah. talk about yeah. he's got got a new ad that's running right, right. now. We're not going to play it. But, but right. bottom line is right. he's got a new ad. And a lot of the things that, is, that are stated in that ad just are false. just the opposite just of what lies. he said in the interview. Lies. Hey, um, I, I've got his new flyer in front of me. First thing says pro-life. The problem is he said in the Democrat Gazette that he believes in exceptions to abortion and the Arkansas Right to Life endorsed me. The second thing he says in his uh, flyers is defender of the Second Amendment. This is the guy who smuggled a loaded gun into the secure area of the airport and got arrested for it. So I don't know what that means, but good luck actually going onto the floor of the legislature and try to pass a bill with that kind of background. It, the third thing says lower taxes. He said in the Democrat Gazette that the only tax that he was supporting was lowering corporate taxes because he's a corporatist. Not, he doesn't care about you and me. It says friend of law enforcement. I got to laugh at that one. Yeah, because he's in the back of the car all the time. <laughs> I ride in the front of the squad car, Dave. He rides in the back. Okay, <laughs> you have to defend that statement. Why do you say that? Oh, well, because I was an auxiliary police officer for years, and most recently I went out with Little Rock Police and did a ride-along with them. Both times, only in the front of the car, Dave, not in the back of the car like he was. Okay. okay. All right, um, gotcha. It, it says, safer streets, in quotes. I don't know why that's in quotes, by the way. This is a guy with a dozen moving violations. A dozen. I don't know if I know a dozen people in, when combined have a dozen moving violations. It says, here's my favorite one, in quotes, conservative Republican. And in the newspaper, he said, I'm a moderate Republican. Let me be clear. That's my opponent. My opponent called himself a moderate moderate Republican in the newspaper, and here is paid handlers to whom you've spoken, uh, call him a conservative. It's a lie. It's a lie. Strong and effective leadership. Where? Where? What has he ever done? Uh, and then it says at the end, he's a fighter for Arkansas values. Uh, well, all these other things are Arkansas values, and he opposes them. He is, uh, he's the one who lies about being pro-life. I'm the one endorsed by Arkansas Right to Life. Hi. Okay. Well well said. Points pointed out. You know, Dave, you also pointed out he has an advertisement on your show, and that's fine. That's, that's the beauty of commerce. But here's what I don't understand. I don't understand why someone who's running for the top law enforcement job would go do an advertisement for a guy with, some, with such a criminal history. That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, now, you're, now you're talking about the lieutenant governor. That's right. That's right. And I know him well. And he got behind um, this guy before I was in the race uh, because my opponent is a chamber of commerce type and he raises money for politicians. So that's okay that he wanted to back him. But doing a commercial for a guy who was arrested last year for smuggling a gun into the secure area of the airport, 
mm, that's probably not the smartest move, I, I would think. But then again, he didn't hire me to be his political advisor, now did he? Well, and I have to question former Governor uh, Huckabee, who has thrown his weight behind Sturge. Oh, really? Yeah, he gave, oh him, 20, gave him $2,900, and oh from what I understand now, he's, he's uh, cutting uh, re-election ads for him. Wow. That, that wow. I... I don't understand that. I, I really don't. I, I'm going to give a call to the former governor and see if he'll come on and right. we can just talk politics. And I'll ask him that question right. in amongst all the other questions That's that I'll have. I'll have for him as far as that's well, the concerned. Beauty is, uh, I mean, to step over you, but the beauty is, Dave, that, of course, you well know that the people in my district and the people in every district, they're the ones that are, that are going to determine who are going to determine the winner of these elections. Yes. Right. So that's what counts. Yeah, there, um, uh, Tim has a little sign for my opponent in, in his yard. His, his neighbor across the street has two big ones from me. I just want to point that out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. All right. So this is your first foray into this. That's right. What's it been like? I, I got about a minute and a yeah, half. It's been great. I, I can't tell you how many great people uh, in the district that I've met, that I've spoken to, the great stories that I've heard, the great conservative values that people are expressing that they want to see represented in the legislature. And that's what I will bring. I've been endorsed by six sitting conservative Arkansas senators in a contested primary. I think it has never happened before. How many conservative endorsements does my opponent have i don't count any so that's the well one yeah tim griffin okay Uh, like i said i don't count any so the bottom line is that i've got six conservative icons in the arkansas senate endorsing me and i've worked with this with the senate and the legislature for 10 years this guy hasn't done anything all right appreciate you coming in thank you thanks for stopping by thank you so dave ellswick show uh let's see we're going to be back at 9. Lance will be with us from the Travelers. We've got things to talk about with the Travelers. And then uh, tomorrow, that's Thursday, that means in the uh, 7 o'clock hour, Joe will be here. We'll be talking to him. And I don't know who else will show up. I'll be honest with you. Day in, day out now, I get calls left and right. People want to be on now. And uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I love getting into into politics and, and doing this. Uh, maybe we'll know a little bit more about Pennsylvania as well. I still think that guy from Real Cooler Politics is wrong. Uh, that that it's going to be a Democrat that wins the gov- uh, gubernatorial race there because this guy uh, that uh, the the Trump got behind uh, is too radical. I think four dollar gas prices are too radical. All right. See you tomorrow. Uh, Well, I'll see you at 9, but I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m.
right, back with you. Dave Ellswick Show right here on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Good to have you here. Lance is here from the Traps. Man, I've been wanting to do this for a few weeks now, and we just haven't had any time when you consider all the political stuff that's going on. It's just been crazy. But I got him in here today. He's a little bit hoarse, so, you know, give him a break on that. And, uh, Heidi, you might have to bump him just a little bit. I'll put him close to the microphone so we can hear him real good. Good morning, brother. It's good to see you. I'm doing great. Doing great, man. I am a little hoarse. Better than being like Ace. Yeah, the a big, big horse. horse. Yeah. Oh, brutes. <laughs> Starting off early. Yeah. Starting off early. I had now. I want to tell you something. You've mentioned, and I got Odie over here. Uh-huh. Okay, I got the. I've got the possum. I don't see an ace bobblehead. No, I don't have an ace, but okay. that's okay. We'll make that. That's happen. okay because I understand that Odie is a collectible now. Odie is. It's crazy. You would be amazed at how many people love Odie. Ace is our main mascot. Yeah. He's like on the logo, and you know every team has like their main guy, right? And that's what Ace is. But Odie is definitely a fan favorite. I mean, kids, adults, you're either incredibly terrified of him because you know you're like a <laughs> giant like a big rat, yeah, giant rat, or you think it's the coolest thing. <laughs> Ever. That's really cool. Anyway, I got him up. He's holding my new sign. My new sign was brought in to me, uh, and it's his chaos coordinator. <laughs> uh, you have a degree in that, don't uh, you? I do. Like, I do. you have I've multiple got a PhD. I got yeah. a PhD yeah. in it now. You could literally teach Been doing it. this for so long. Anyway, let's talk about you, because uh, we had you on, was it last year? Towards the end of the season, and so. we yes, talked sir. about yeah. you. You were making this transition into mm-hmm. the the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to work in the community thing, which I'm excited about. I've always thought that the, the Travs should be doing that. And you got something coming up. You tell me about what exactly is happening, and then. When it's going to happen and some of these events that are going to happen. Yes. Well, you're talking about the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation. Yeah. That was uh, officially launched last November. And the goal of the Youth Foundation is pretty simple. It's to get out kids outside and play ball. One of the biggest problems we have with all youth, right, not just baseball, but all youth in youth sports, is that kids don't get outside anymore. I mean, the average screen time for an eight-year-old is like five hours. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so it they're not going outside. There's less uh, motivation to go outside and play. But in addition to that, there's even more obstacles. You know, when I was playing baseball, which was quite a long time ago, but when I was playing Little League, it was like 25 bucks. You get a trucker hat. You get a screen-printed T-shirt. You right. practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the same play field that you play at on Saturdays. Right? And that's it. That's, you know? that's pretty much right. You get the orange slice and the juice box after it's over and everybody's happy. Right? That's not the case anymore. Now, these parents are paying thousands of dollars to not only fit out their kids, right? But then your games aren't down the street. They're in Tulsa. They're in Springfield. They're That's in crazy. Memphis. I'm sorry. It's crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, and, and on top of that, you've got travel expenses, hotel expenses. I mean, these parents, when it's all said and done, are spending eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a year right in gear and baseball bats and tra- so anyway all right, let me let is- me stop you right there okay <laughs> because i'm hearing all of this and you know what i'm i'm hearing i'm hearing that high end middle class parents their kids are playing but the the kids that in my day dad works out at the steel mill uh you know more kind of uh, we weren't urban this like urban urban i was suburban urban 
How's that one? Suburban. Suburban. Urban. I kind of like that. That's kind of what we were. But, you know, some of us had baseball spikes. Others of us played in our tennis shoes. You know, and right. it didn't cost an arm and a leg to, right. to play a ball game. And this, they're taking a whole generation of kids, and they're not going to get to play. Well, And that's not, where you come in. Exactly. And that's where the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation comes in, because not only are they not going to get to play, they're not going to be baseball fans. That's the, right? yeah, that's the other and, thing. And, I mean, if you look at Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball demographically is much different than it was 10 years ago. Right? It's older. I mean, it's it's older, and it, it is shrunk. If you look at Major League Baseball ratings and viewership, I mean, that's all down. It's yeah. down. And it's not because baseball isn't fun anymore. It's because we're not funneling people into the sport. And I think that's the big – got to start with the kids, right? Because there is gotta a generation – got to start with Little League. Yes, you got to start with I'm the sorry, kids. I'm sorry. you got to start with Little League you and T-ball. you got to start with the little kids. And, and you got to get them outside. you got to get them excited about stuff. And you got to get them passionate about baseball because if you come to – and obviously you come to a Travs game, right? You you have a baseball experience. But then when you leave there, what do you do? Do you do you sign up for a little league team? There's very few of those like what they call sandlot teams uh or league play, which is where you're you're in locally. And there are a few teams like that. In fact, North Little Rock police uh have a the Pals League and, okay. and we we try the foundation tries to help support that it's a low cost low entry barrier way to, to okay get it play. so how many weeks do they play they play during the summer okay. um, i don't remember about uh, three or four weeks well no longer than that oh I do mean, they yeah they because i've been amazed at watching watching uh you know uh, little league mm-hmm. and the kids start like at uh in the third week of june and they're done by the first week of august right hell we started up in may and we played until oh, september summer. yeah Well, I think all youth sports, like I've, I have a a five-year-old daughter who plays soccer, right? And so hers is the same way. Like her last soccer game is this Saturday. Okay. And I was like, wait a minute, didn't she just start soccer? Yeah. Oh yeah. It seems like it's over so fast, but I imagine that they do that. And that that's part of how youth sports has changed the environment. Whereas in the summer, youth sports used to be something you could occupy yourself with the whole summer. Now, because schooling is different, you have year-round schools, private schools, at-home schooling. I'm sure you know, but but homeschooling has seen a dramatic rise in the last two years, right? Duh. And, well, of course, <laughs> right? And, and because of that, though, you have a huge population of homeschool kids who they don't get in the public school sports rotation, That's right? right. And th- their hours are different. So I agree. Th- the, there's so many obstacles to creating a, a fun, safe environment where kids can be open. And so the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation's goal primarily is to solve that problem. And we do that through a lot of different ways, like community grants, uh, scholarships, through field renovations, through equipment donations and equipment grant programs, um, and including getting kids excited about baseball. So you ask what's going on. Great segue, Dave, yeah. because June 11th, we're going to host our uh, free kids clinic at Junior Deputy. It's going to be in the morning from about 9 to noon, and it's open for pretty much all this kids. This is going to be over at the ballpark? At, at the, no, at Junior Deputy. Okay. So Junior Deputy, if you know, you go down the Cantrell Hill, it's at the bottom of the hill, it's a non-profit league. It used okay. to be... Uh, that ball to, field is at the bottom yeah, of the hill? Yeah, okay. they have oh, like 19 that. acres down there and a bunch of different parks. That, 
big ball field they yeah. got is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Well, and it's next to the uh, Miracle League field, which is you know the the rubber surface. Yeah, so they can use wheelchairs. Right, cool. right. It's really cool, really cool. In fact, um, but anyway, so we're going to be having our clinic out there uh, on the 11th, and it's open for all kids. The thing is, though, I don't want to travel ball kids. Like if you're if you pay to take batting lessons, you're not going to take away much from this clinic, right? Okay. This clinic is geared to get people who are not interested in baseball, or who may be a little interested in baseball, but they need a little motivation. Okay. To get out and and play, play the ball. game. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna have fun, music, prizes food uh it's and it's all free we're gonna have registration is open now through travs.com on the uh on the travs foundation site you can sign up your kid but but it's gonna be a great time so that's the goal of the arkansas travelers youth foundation all right we're gonna come back talk more about this because you got to hear about i want to hear out how the Trav players might be getting involved with it too i'd like to talk about that because that's a big thing for kids Mm mm-hmm they don't care if you're a minor league player. Oh, no. You know, you're, you're major league to them yeah. because you're playing it and you're wearing the cool uniforms and all of that kind of stuff. So we'll be back. We'll talk further about it. Lance is here from uh, the Travs. Of course, our sister station now, 93.3, carries the Trav games every day for the most part. You're going to hear Stephen here, the voice of the, uh, of the Travelers, give you an update about what happened the night before. Uh, that's going to be at 7.15, 7.50, and you can catch up on that. And uh, once we calm down a little bit more here another couple of weeks, probably right after Labor Day, Steve will join me every Friday for a half hour, and we'll talk, talk Travs baseball because your, your host right here, I love a little bit of, baseball. A little bit of baseball fan. I love <laughs> baseball. All right, we'll be back with more in just a moment. All right, let's continue on now. We're talking about how the travelers are working with your kids so that they'll be better little ball players, mm-hmm. but they're going to be ball player lovers. Right. They're going to be baseball lovers. Like that's how I became a It'll baseball be lover. Between yeah. that and my dad taking me to see the Cubbies all the time, that's how I became a hardcore baseball player. Mm-hmm. And then um, my dad would take me out and play catch with me all the time, hit fly balls to me. I'll never <laughs> I played third base when I was real young, and he hit a line drive at me one time, and he caught me right on the kneecap, and it hurt. I, mean, I can still remember it hurt, and it, it brought tears to my eyes, and I started sobbing a little bit. And he says, stop crying. Just rub some dirt on it. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that. <laughs> There's right? no crying that, in and baseball. And that's what I did. I rubbed yeah. dirt on it and and snuffed up the snot in my nose, and we went back to fielding right. ground balls again. Right. Well, it was probably a good life lesson there. It was. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a I'm I'm not a wussy. I'll be well, honest there you go. with you. There you okay. Go. Well, and I will tell you this. You know, the the thing about youth sports in general is that. It, it has this big gap, right, where you have this desire to play, like, you know, you're getting foul balls, you're playing with your dad, and you think, right, like, okay, maybe I can play in the majors. Yeah. You're like, all right, I'm going to be that's a major. My, that's yeah, my dream. Every, trust me, this is every kid, right? And as you progress on, you know, you eventually kind of, you know, you're like, oh, oh, okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm not as yeah. good as that guy. I'm not, not going to pull that off. But but it, you, you progress through, and you find the sport, and you love it, and you have a passion for it, yeah. right? And then you follow your players, the guys you like. And as you go on, you're, uh, you're watching it, and you're following those guys. And even if you move, even if you move to another town, even if your favorite team is not – 
the team of the town, <clears throat> Dave Ellswick, uh, <laughs> you know, you still, you're passionate about that team. And, yeah. and I, I have friends that are, you know, Cubs fans, Dodgers fans, and, you know, we all get along. We all get along. Yeah. I'm an Royals Astros fan. Fans. They hate me. St. Louis fan, mm-hmm. Rangers fan. I, I'll yes. just name the three that probably yes. most reflect Well, you know, it's interesting. Area. When we play the Cardinals, you know, we're playing the uh, the Naturals tonight, and, you know, they're a Royals affiliate. Right. So we do see, you know, some Royals gear on the third base side. But the it's biggest cool. one is the Cardinals. Of course. When we play the well, Cardinals. we used to be the Cardinals. Yeah. We were, you know, the Trans were the Cardinals for 32 years. Yeah. So there's a long legacy of Cardinals baseball here in Central Arkansas. And being that we're in proximity, people can drive to a Cardinals game. You know, that, yeah, that could be hours. a weekend trip or whatever. So we see a ton of Cardinals gear when we play the Cardinals. Um, and you would be surprised how much Mariners gear. You know, since the Travs have become an affiliate with the Mariners, which geographically you probably couldn't get further away from Arkansas. Not going worse. Right? <laughs> you can't. That's pretty as far as you can go, right? It's like the Mariners. But you would be surprised. We see tons and tons of Mariners jerseys, so it's great. And and we were talking about the players before the break, right? And yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and recruit some uh, for the kids' clinic. I do have some former travelers that I've talked to uh, that are going to be at the clinic, and we're going to have lots of coaches and, and MLB support on this. So it, it's going to be a fun clinic, uh, for, for the kids, but the players, they're professional baseball players. I mean, every one of those guys, every traveler. That's something people don't understand. Right. They're all owned by mm-hmm. professional baseball. Oh, exactly. Exactly. They're Mariners. Yes. They, they work for the Mariners. Their paycheck says Mariners. They, yeah. you know, that they. That they, in they, itself is, would be cool. Right, right. Like your paycheck, like you cash it and it yeah. says, you know, Seattle Mariners. So, so technically, they are Mariners. They are professional baseball players. I ask those little kids, you know, when I line up the field of dreams before they run on the field, and I always give them a pep talk. And I'm like, yeah. all right, what's the number one thing that makes you professional? And they're like, trying hard, you know, giving it all your best. Yeah. And I'm like, wrong, wrong. It's getting paid. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's getting a perfect definition of a professional is that they are paid, uh, right? And, yeah. and for those to little play kids. play a game. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that kind of helps those little kids, you know, get it in their mind that, hey, this could be your job, mm-hmm. right? Like, right now, you guys are amateurs. And most of these little kids, I tell them, and mainly the parents, I say, you're living the pro-life style, right? You just don't realize it. Your room and board, transportation, medical expenses, all your food, it's all covered by management, right? right. If you're a 10-year-old kid, you're, you're living the life of a professional baseball player. You need a new bat? Management, aka mom and dad, I need a new bat, yeah. right? Yeah. What I'm telling them is that if you guys want to live this dream, if you want to be a professional baseball player, you can do it. You can do it. And I think not only having a minor league team, it shows kids a path right? Like a career path. But doing these clinics through the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation is going to be a great way to even further show them, hey, there is a future in Major League Baseball. And it's for boys and girls, right? I mean, I, I have daughters and I'm excited about the the women in baseball movement and the future of, of women in baseball. I don't know if you noticed this, but I think it was two weeks ago, uh, the first female uh, started for the, the single A for the Cincinnati Reds. First yeah, ever. I saw that. I, I, I forgot her. Kelsey something. Oh, I, I have it written down somewhere. But uh, I hadn't seen. What happened to that Little League uh, pitcher? 
the black girl. Has she shown up anywhere else playing ball in college or anything yet? You know, I haven't followed it. I mean, know. she was. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she but, yeah. was very, very good. Yeah. Well, and and to to that point, like that is a big initiative in MLB. One of the requirements that the Travs have to to come into code with is we're going to have to have female locker rooms. And if you had said that like 10 years ago, like, okay, well, why? What would be the point? Well, it's because we're anticipating having females playing on the team, right? And females well, being don't umpires. Don't even get me started on this. <laughs> this could get dicey, I'm saying. <laughs> well, the, the point is, and, and, and I guess that's the goal of the Youth Foundation, right, is to say baseball's for everyone, yeah, softball's for everyone. In fact, our clinic is for boys and girls. So we're going to have softball Softball coaches out there. We're going to have baseball coaches. And we want kids at all levels to be in, involved. You know, one statistic that Major League Baseball has over most other sports is that the demographics are almost 50-50. You know, if you look at, at, at nationwide, there's not quite 45% women that, that watch baseball. But when you compare that to basketball or football or some of the other sports, the, the female demographic drops off, right? Like women love baseball. And that's true. You come to a Travs game, we have tons of female season ticket holders. And they, they like those good looking guys. Come on. Well, you know, I'm not going to name their motivation. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a couple season ticket holders out there that are listening to this going, oh, yeah. he's talking about me. He's talking about me. <laughs> totally guilty. Totally. But yeah, I mean, whatever your motivation is, you know, it's that future generation. And it, and it breeds that excitement about baseball. It's why you love baseball. Yeah, I, right? I do. I love baseball. And look, I'm a big sports fan in general. I'm looking at DirecTV now because have you seen they got this new college package that they're selling? Mm-mm. I can actually get the Longhorn station now, so I really? can watch. I can watch uh, Texas play well, now. Okay, don't send me emails. I understand they're the enemy. <laughs> they're from Satan, but still, I'd like to watch a little. Do you have a dump button? When She's I'm, like, yeah, dump when that, I'm, dump that comment. When I'm watching baseball, college baseball, <laughs> I want to see Texas play. Yeah, and they're typically a perennial. Good team, right? Well, and you know, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of technology, and I love modern technology. I also think it's you know probably going to be our downfall. I've watched Terminator enough times to know <laughs> I know where this is going, Sky right? Lab, like, yes. I'll be back. Listen to me now. Uh, <laughs> that's my Arnold impression. So. I I, uh, I I see the technology, and it really does give us access to watch baseball anywhere. Yes. You know, one of the cool things, I know you... I got MLB.com. Right, right, MILB.com, and the new MILB TV. Yeah. You know, when you watch got a Travelers game, you, you get to see our fancy broadcast. You know, the Travelers just made an investment uh, in the ballpark of a new video board. Yeah, it's fan- we'll talk- this is all coming. We've got to take a break. But okay. that, we're going to talk about that. Because there have been some very big money spent out of Dickie Stevens. And uh, you got the water park that's out there. We want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. You take your kids out. Maybe they don't want to watch the game. I mean, it's three years old, okay? So you want to take them so they can have some fun, and maybe you can watch from center field, you know? Uh, But the bottom line is, hey, you can go and have a family outing and have a fantastic time with the Travelers. For five years. 
I have worked hard to get the travelers involved with Salem because I think baseball is a family sport. And uh, now we are involved in it, mm-hmm. and I'm very, very happy with that. And uh, you're going to hear more and more about the travelers here on The Answer. If you want to hear the games, you got to go over to the fish right now. Maybe in the future we'll get them here on The Answer. That would be fantastic because talk radio and baseball – our buddies. Peanut butter and jelly. I'm just telling you, they're buddies. They really, really are. All right, we got news. Let's get to that and find out what's going on. I doubt if we'll get anything new uh, dealing with what's happening in Pennsylvania. Uh, I got a, a, a text from uh, Thurston at the Secretary of State's office. Little 92,000 and change voters thus far in the primary this year. Let's get to news. Here it is. Revenue guy. That's that's. <laughs> Ask Heidi, am I a non-traditional revenue guy? Yeah, she says, yeah, he is. <laughs> I definitely am. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk more about what Travis is doing. You guys have sunk a lot of money into mm-hmm. that ball field. Oh, yeah. The new I video mean, that, board, it that is board delicious. that you guys got yeah. now, that's like watching direct TV. Right. It's, it's 71 wonderful. feet is how big it is. 71 feet. HD liquid crystal deliciousness. That thing is amazing. In the middle of the day, it can be 2 p.m. with the sun beaming down on you. It see you see clearly. it clearly. Perfect. Yeah, it's, it's not amazing. like looking at your smartphone and you're sitting no. in the bleachers. I don't work no, that way. It's amazing. In fact, I've. I've I've very very intimate knowledge of the board because it was there when they put it together. In fact, yeah. I was up on it yesterday pushing on wires and stuff. But cool. each panel, right? It's made up of eighteen inch panels, and there's literally hundreds of these panels that make up the giant TV. Well, each panel, each pixel, is like a half inch. Wow! Right? And it's a red Big. LED, a blue LED, and a green LED. I mean, they're <laughs> giant pixels, right? So when it's on the big screen, it looks great. But it also means that there's no glare. There's no kind of reflection of any kind. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it's a, fade under no, the sun. No, no, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm Now, I'm you've got up. a guy, because we were having a meeting with you all several months back, and he had just come. Bradley. Yeah. Yes, he's I mean, the man. Was he, did he, when oh. he walked in and saw what you guys had, did he go, like, I've gone to heaven? Yeah, well, he actually <laughs> came on. Yeah, so Bradley, I love Bradley, Bradley Field, uh, and he is amazing. And he came on halfway through last year. We hired him, graphic designer, and when he came in, as you remember last year, our board was in a rough place. It yeah, it had patchy. black spots Yeah, there were some yeah. issues. Well, I had already been in the process of pricing and ordering and working with a local contractor right. to get new cameras. I mean, Dave, we have top-of-the-line stuff now. I know we you got do. all new Fantastic. HD equipment, uh, these robot cameras. They're called PTZ cameras, mm-hmm. and they're they're a brand called Bird Dog, which is the standard for MLB. Which means so, the guy sits in mission control, and mm-hmm. he's the one that controls. You don't have to have a person on No. There's a little joystick. He does it. Yep. Yep, HD direct digital control. So it's all this amazing stuff. Well, we had already we were in the process of uh, purchasing that. In fact, uh, the person we were working with, we had already got everything done, got everything set up, all the contracts were done. Then then Bradley came in, and so he basically got handed the install oh, and the setup cool. of all this. And so he was 
he was awesome. And Bradley is just the man. He, he, he makes our broadcast look amazing. And so to that point, you can subscribe to MILB TV. And if you do, you can watch any minor league baseball game from anywhere That's you have right. internet. And it looks just like an ESPN game. You know, you got the little lower third, the bug with the scores. Uh, we got multiple camera angles, catch and replays. I mean, it's cool. It, I'm going to have to do this because, number one, I'd like to watch the Iowa Cubs. Oh, that's yeah. a triple a for the mm-hmm. cubs and that's the way you keep it you keep track of well do we have anybody who's coming up that can help us be better than the sucky team that we are right now right i mean i gotta get my cubs <laughs> cub shirt back it says don't suck and start wearing it again but i'm just saying it's it's <laughs> they did, i'm telling you madden had those made up no smart don't smart. don't suck that's what smart. he did. but yeah i'd like to i'd like to be able to watch some different some different games how do you guys program do you have somebody does that does the play-by-play and everything well it's steven okay. so we use steven oh, you're just so yeah his radio you're actually the, the the fish broadcast when you're tuned into 93.3 and you're listening to the Traz broadcast that's the same audio that's going out over very the, cool so just like a, a major league game we actually have a full tv production studio there now so and in fact when we were uh, because you and i have worked in the biz for so long we had all these connections with these TV and radio people, right. I called all the the executive producers and the engineers at all the local TV stations. And we, got and, some, we need some help. And we got great people. I mean, yeah. they looked at it as a fun nighttime, part-time job yeah. working a Travs game. You know, they get off work, they can go work a Travs game, and they get to play with all of our brand new equipment. And P.S., Show us how to use it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, we we need somebody trained. Absolutely, but it's it's been amazing. So we have a full broadcast studio. So there's literally guys and girls up there working the audio, the controls, the 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 PA, uh, the the PTZ cameras. And then they do the replays. So when a replay happens, he's the replay guy. There's a girl. There's a person dedicated to that machine. And they clip the edit, send it over to the video board. You get to see a high-definition replay. And it also airs on the... uh, on the broadcast, That's very yeah. Cool. I mean, it's just it's just like a major league baseball yeah, game. You gotta love this. Yeah, you gotta, I, I I love what you guys are doing. I really do. And you guys are cutting edge, and that's really really important. And sometimes I think that the people here in Central Arkansas do not realize the diamond that Dickie Stevens Park really really is. I see what you did there, diamond, yeah. baseball diamond. I'm, I'm just saying, but no, that had no. Oh, I'm just Klein. saying. I'm just Dave saying that <laughs> it 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 is it. Yeah. Is, uh, it's they cannot let that get away from them. I agree with you. If you well, do, you're, you're foolish. If you do, well, and thank thank you for saying that. We've tried really hard. I mean, it's a it's a team effort. We have a great organization, a great team, great leaders, and they have pushed hard to make sure we have a great product. So when you come to a Travs game, you know what you're getting. You and I were talking earlier, like oh, if the team's not playing so well, or if these, you know, you don't have top prospects. Yeah, take the kid out to the yeah. splash pad. There's a bunch of we other haven't stuff talked to about do. that. Yeah. We've been talking about it. Well, and and that's that's kind of the genesis of what our product is you know we've done surveys for years and you know we talk to fans and and take samples and you'd be surprised two weeks after you come to a baseball game not a lot of people can tell you who our starting pitcher was they can't tell you the score of the game uh you know in fact you'd you'd be surprised how many people are like wait the travelers are are y'all called the swamp possums or the the, no no we're the arkansas travel you'd be surprised turf poodles poodles. (laughs) you'd be surprised but the point is they're coming 
for an experience. Almost every person that completed the survey was able to tell us what they ate or drank. There you go. Right? And I mean, you got baseball food there. You got corn dogs. You know, we have Nathan's hot dogs this year, which is a, a big deal. They're delish. And we've always had great carnival food. Yeah. You know, the funnel fries is a new thing we're doing this year. And uh, it's a great place to be. We've always had fried bologna sandwiches, which as oh, you know, those are so good. It's one of my favorite. That thick cut on the Texas yep. toast. Like, mm, it's oh, so man. good. It's, it'd be oh, great for good. breakfast with an egg right now. What time is it? It's, what time is it? Let me go get one of those. Sure, but no, let's go back. Tell me about the splash pad because it's like opening. Is it open right now? It did just recently open. Okay. So, yes, right. it just opened. It, it has uh, to do with weather. We want it to be warm well, you enough. You want it to be warm enough kids. Yeah. Are <laughs> exactly. you know, they're all blue. Little, little popsicles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, when the weather's warm, once it's above a certain temperature, we open the splash pad. And it's awesome. I mean, it is a freshwater system, right? So the water that comes out drains and goes back out. So you're yeah. always there's no chlorine or anything like that gotcha. in it, which is great because it's easy to clean. It's easy to maintain. It's not like a pool where you have standing water where you'd have to deal with so it's always great you can flip the switch starts dumping the bucket and in the summer it's a great place to hang out for families you know our our number cooler i'll tell you that much we we do have you know a lot of our our primary grouping is you know 55 plus is is a lot of our fan base and we have the younger folks but one of our core demographics is families Right, and if you come out, and or if you bring your, you know, wife, kids, I bring my grandkids. There's a good chance they're not going to sit in that seat for more than a couple innings, right? Even if you got a hot dog and ice cream, yeah, and yeah. All. You can only you can only <laughs> keep, have them eat for so long, right? right. Exactly. Then you, then they're going to roam. And now we have the splash pad, we have the playground, which is a, a permanent fixture that they can go out and play. Uh-huh. We just started our trackless train back last night. There you go. So they choo-choo. love riding that man. Oh, that was great. I saw my. My first train ride, I was like, what's up, train people? <laughs> it's it good to see you guys back. You hear yeah. the bell ring. And I mean, that's, right. that's part of what it's about. And when you get the mascots involved and you get the on-field games, you know, I'm always doing something ridiculous on the field. I always kid. Look, I kid Lance all the time. He walks up. First thing I say is, eat more chicken. Because <laughs> I love that when people put oh, their foreheads against a baseball bat. Uh, you you know what? I get a lot of that. I'll be like in Target or something or Kroger's and someone will be like, oh, eat more chicken. <laughs> eat more chicken. And I'm like, yeah, Chick-fil-A is really getting their mileage yeah, out of that one. better believe it. Uh, they better keep that sponsorship. You working with the Colonel? Is that who you work with out there in, uh, in Benton? Is that I- who's... With the Chick-fil-A? Yeah. No, you know, actually, we had worked with Dale Stockard. He uh, and his wife, Linda, they originally owned the one in McCain Mall, and then they bought the one in Lowe's parking lot in North Little Rock. Right. And they have literally been one of our longest sponsors. I mean, we love Chick-fil-A. How can you not love Chick-fil-A? Well, Chick-fil-A is a family kind of restaurant right well, I mean, fast it's, food it's good food it's yeah. not i mean a lot of people don't know this but they don't fry their chicken i know it's like so here i am sounding like i work for chick-fil-a but i love it well, the waffle do, fries in the chick-fil-a sauce yeah that fried bologna sandwich with egg chick-fil-a sandwiches all we've talked about is food this morning that's good so. stuff huh? but yeah so long story short yeah people come to experience the food and the fun and the ridiculous games on the field and that's what they remember Right. right. Two weeks later, if I'm like, "Hey, did you go to a Trav's game?" What do you mean? Oh, dude, you got to try the fry bologna sandwich. Yeah, it was like, so did you good, see man. that guy? He face planted after. You know? man, it's so good. It really. It's just a lot of fun. I agree with you 100. Uh, percent I, I I got a couple more questions, and we'll get to those after we take our last break. For instance, why is it 
so hard to hit the ball out of over at Dickey Stephen Park. It's not it's not a home run lovers ball field. We'll talk about why that is. There's a reason. I already know what the reason is, but I'm going to ask the question again when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. You did? Yeah. Okay, we're at the break. Look, Stephen, if you listen to my show, you know I had Steve Davis on, and we talked about the Travs, and one of the things he said is that for the for the Travs this year, their big strong point was their pitching. Mm-hmm. And he said they had two starters that really looked like they'd get their chance in the big leagues this year. And you said that one of the kids one already, already did. Yeah, George yeah. Kirby. Yeah, okay. he, he pitched for us, uh, what, three weeks ago? Gosh, time flies. He pitched for us three weeks ago, and then like a week ago he pitched for the Mariners. So, so you got to call yeah. up, huh? Yeah, in fact, we uh, so pack we, your suitcase. Exactly. Come see us. That's what happens all the time. Yeah. And I mean, when they go up, that is like the coolest thing for them. It's a huge celebration, and and they go. We had our jersey auction, so we do game worn jersey auctions. In right. fact, our next one is coming up on the twenty eighth, uh, May twenty eighth. We're doing a Seattle themed jersey, so mm-hmm. it's a Travs jersey, but it's in Seattle Seattle colors, and the proceeds will benefit the Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation. Oh, good. So. Good. I'll, I may mention that. Be I may there. send you an email. Dave will be, be like, oh, yeah, go, go get one of those jerseys. Yeah. But we have a lot of people bid on these jerseys and they're autographed. And the guy who won the Kirby one, he was like, hey, um, can I, I want to make sure it's autographed. Like, okay, don't worry. We'll, we'll make sure it's autographed yeah. for you. I mean, you, because that's a big deal. He now has a major league pitcher's game worn jersey. Yeah. And you never know. This guy could be a next Cy Young winner. Could be. Could be. I mean, yeah. he's already a major leaguer. So yeah. that's one of the cool things about, and, you know, we were talking earlier about the ballpark and, like, Dickie Stevens, how hard it is to hit home runs. Yeah, let, let's let's clear that up real quick. It's Death Valley out at Dickie <laughs> Stevens. I'm just telling you. And and you told me that they, they the pitchers love it because oh, love it, it yeah. is hard. I'm uh-huh. just telling you because of the, the way it's at a bowl and it's by the river mm-hmm. and you got the wind. And I'm telling you, it's hard to hit that ball out of that right. ballpark. It, it makes it great for fans. Like as a fan, when you come to Dickie Stevens ballpark, you know, when you walk in on the main concourse, you're at the top. You're at the upper deck mm-hmm. right there. So it makes great because you get a great view of the game. There's yeah. not a bad seat. You can have concessions and still watch the game. And it makes a great breeze, right? Because there's a breeze coming off the river. Yeah. It funnels it right there in that bowl. And you can sit there in the afternoon and be super comfortable. But if you're a batter and you're trying to hit it to right field, you may be in trouble. Yep. You know, because that wind, especially when the sun goes down, and I mean, you can notice almost immediately when the sun drops, that wind will pick up off the river. Watch the flag. Yep. Yep. You watch that flag in center field. In fact, that's what I tell little kids. Because when you're down in the bowl, right, if you're in one of the, the lower sections, you don't feel it. Right. And you're like, man, it's not that windy. Right. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'm, you know, it's a little windy. But but when you look at the flag and it's taut from being whipped against the wind, well, once the ball clears out of the bowl and it clears the bleacher it stands right into a wall, it goes right into that wall of wind. It's about the level of the light towers. Right. And you can actually see the ball hit and like slow down. And if it's going to right field, you can almost see the catcher. I mean, the uh, the right fielder watching it like oh, he's running back, running back and he slows down. Man, he's like, oh, I'm too- down, going yeah. too fast and vice versa when it's hit to left field 
on really windy days, you can see the ball move to the left. Like, you know, you're like, oh, it's going up. Nope. It's yeah, to push it over. Yeah, which yeah. could be a foul ball in some cases. See, that, that's the thing that a lot of people don't know. For instance, Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. When the major league ball players come out of the dugout to go out on the field, you know what the first thing the pitchers look at? Flags. Flags. Mm-hmm. They want to know whether the wind is coming off the lake mm-hmm. or is it blowing towards the lake. Because if it's blowing towards the lake, you're going to throw that ball. You're going to keep it right above the dirt. Right. <laughs> so that hopefully they can't get under it. And, right. Because if you get yeah. it in the air, it's say gone. goodbye. Yeah. It's gone. It's yeah. out of there. But if it's the wind's blowing in, pitchers say, I can make all the mistakes I want. Right. It ain't going out today. Right. right. Uh, it's, well, and that's one of the great things about making why baseball's so fun to watch. You know, um, and they've done a lot of changes. I don't know if you've been to a, a minor league game that's gone into extra innings in the last two years. No, you started you know, second base. Right? Yeah, you started second base. I was talking to some of our uh, our police officers that were there last night. We were and we went into extra innings last night. Right. Which, by the way, the Travs won. We beat the Naturals last night. Bases loaded. Tenth yeah. inning. I got out of the jam. That's amazing. I mean, it was. Oh, in fact, that. You want to talk about an exciting 10th inning when they got a double play on. We had the bases loaded, no outs. All you got to do, all you got to do is get an out. Yeah. Just hit it to center field and have the guy catch yeah. it and we win the game, yeah. right? Fly ball. So what happens? Line drive to the third baseman oh, no. who immediately throws it home. Throws it to first, first double, double play. play. So now we have two outs. Oh, We're like, are okay. you kidding me? Right? Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it switched like that. But then, of course, you know. So you had two outs in second and third, but now you need a base hit. Right. And, and, that, and that's what we got. And yeah. so, so we won in the extra innings. But, but that's what kind of makes it exciting and, and makes it fun. And that's how they try and speed up the pace of game. Yeah. You now start with a runner on second. Yeah. And it makes the game go faster. And it really has. I've Pitch count. The I pitch mean, clock. The yeah. Pitch clock that's going on. That's going to be a major league ball next year they've said I think that it that's should coming. be i think it should be because well, yeah if you got people that pitch like louis tiant and stuff like well, that get out and just stand the on the mouth yes. <laughs> here's the thing you know this the duel between a pitcher and batter is a very complex yes, it is. mental battle right and if you're a pitcher i'm going to use every advantage i can uh, in fact my favorite pitcher of all time greg maddox right in, Great. In the fame. Former Cubby. Yes, he, he has a quote, and he's like, I'll tell you what I'm going to throw. Yeah. Right? And you're still not going to hit it. That's right. You know what I mean? Because he had that intimidation factor of knowing, I can do this with a ball. I can make it curve. I can do whatever I want. And batters were intimidated by that. And that duel is really, really – and so you need the pitch clock. I'm a big fan of the pitch clock yeah. because it, it, it keeps it fair. Yeah, a pitcher look at you and say – Dude, they don't call me Rembrandt for nothing. <laughs> because well, I paint you know the what? black of the plate. I will tell you, I have seen batters do the same thing. We used to have this batter, and I remember his name's Freddie Sandoval. He played in like 2007, 2008. So this is a long time ago. Okay, but he went Fred, to majors, didn't he? I think he did. And yeah. then he ended up playing in the Mexican leagues for a while. Yeah. Nice guy. But, but here is why I hate Freddie, because of this reason. <laughs> After every single pitch... He would step, put one foot out of the box, which, of course, on Pascal time. Undo his glove. Undo his glove. <laughs> slap, slap. 
slap, yeah. slap. It should throw the timing of the pitcher every off. Every time. Every time. And that was why. That was 100% why. Trust me, his gloves did not get loose. I hear Because he didn't even swing the bat, right? Yeah. Like, he was a total mental thing. And as much as I appreciate that battle, as a fan, I also need some constraints. Like, I need you to do your battle, do your <laughs> mental. But let's work within 20 yeah, seconds, exactly. okay? I gotcha. Let's do it within 20 gotcha. seconds. And, and you know what? The good pitchers and the good batters, they'll rise to that occasion. And they'll get better because of it. And as a fan, if I get to go home an extra Let me just minutes. point out one batter <laughs> who does that. Trout. Trout is in and out of the batter's box quick. Mm-hmm. He doesn't wait. He mm-hmm. does not wait. Neither does the, uh, I can't, was it Othani? Is that his name? The, mm-hmm. the, the, the Japanese player? Yeah. I mean, he's the same way. Yep. So Sakura now for the Cubs, yeah, yeah. who I really like. Yeah. He's good. Well, and I will tell you, those guys who are good at baseball and they understand the game, they're there to win. And yep. like, like, you know, you and I were talking about at the major league level. It's about winning. It's about winning. And Mike Trout, along with those, they understand what it takes to win. And they're there to get it done, yeah. right? They, and they I also think, understand it's a little bit of showbiz too, but that's all right. Yeah, I, that's probably I don't, true. I don't, I don't mind that at all either. All right, June eleventh. Yes. Okay. Kids how, clinic. How do you how do you get involved with it? If you go to travs.com under the community tab on the Travs Foundation page, you can contact me. Send me an email: Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation, AR Travs Foundation, um, and shoot me an email, and I will get you signed up and registered. Registration link is open. We we had a little trouble posting it, but but it's open right now, and so we're going to start taking registration. And reminding, I'm not looking for travel ball kids. I don't want someone who is you know a diehard has you know lessons kind of kid. I want those kids who may not even have a glove. Okay. You know what I mean? Because like, you can give them a glove. Yes, we're, we're going to have that. In fact, I've got some loaner gloves that I'll bring to the clinic so that we'll be able to have them a glove. The first 200 kids that register are getting a free uh, wiffle bat from Franklin. Cool. Plus, we're going to have tons of cool stuff. So, Travs.com, Arkansas Travelers Youth Foundation, June 11th, Deputy Junior Deputy Fields from uh, 9 to 11. All right, Lance, we're going to have you back on in the near future, probably after June 11th, just so you can talk about how successful this was. It'll be awesome. We'll do that. All right, you have a great day. Uh, Tomorrow we'll get it underway, as we always do at 6 a.m. It'll be something about politics, I guarantee you. We'll be looking at what's going on in Pennsylvania. And then we'll have Joe. He'll be dropping by, and we'll talk with him about your cars. And I think we've got a sheriff's candidate coming in. A lot of things happening tomorrow. If you want to know what's going on in the 2022 election, you'll have it right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Take a break until I get back tomorrow morning. See you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.